Live from the Widecast Studios, it is another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay. This is episode number 34, Airplay all about going behind the scenes. To meet those radio and television folks, either past and present, who have you have listened to or watched on a daily basis. I'm Scott Wheeler from Super Hits WIRL. Remember, we're airing on Facebook Live right now. You can check PeoriaLife.com for this episode and previous and past episodes and future episodes. Also, we're on the YouTube channel for Peoria Life, Facebook, and Peoria TV Channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. And if you're on the go, Apple Podcasts as well is where you can hear airplay. Today, my guest is uh, well-known in the Peoria area and beyond. What I like, like about him is that he's a homegrown talent from Pekin, Illinois, a 1976 graduate of Bradley University, and uh, has become somewhat of a local legend, I'd say. Welcome to Airplay, Mr. Dave Snell. You're very kind. You're oh, very kind, well, Scott. you're very Thank kind you very to much. be here. Now, we're uh, airing a little later today because Dave was actually teaching a class at Bradley today and then ran over afterwards. What class are you teaching? Yeah, uh, radio and television play-by-play. -play. Well, where'd you get that idea? Uh, <laughs> and this is my 11th year. It's uh, in the Charlie Steiner School of... Uh, sports journalism and communication and I uh, started uh, 11 years ago and there are several students that have gone on and are working in minor league baseball mm -hmm. working their way up some are doing hockey some are doing um, uh, different things kind of in the sports genre but uh, working NASCAR and different types of things mm -hmm. and um, a lot of them uh, are very skilled and uh, it's a one-hour week class. It's for juniors and seniors. And we do football, basketball, baseball. We talk about soccer. We talk about all of the sports, how to prepare, and, mm -hmm. and those types of things. So uh, it's, it's, been, it's a learning experience for me, too, because, you know, we're kind of a Neanderthals and uh, come from the <laughs> dinosaur age. And so they kind of bring me up to date on what's happening uh -huh. that I need to know as far as social media and that type of thing. So how do you teach play-by-play play without an actual game. Do you use tape? Yes. Okay. Uh, we we do football, and I usually have the first Bears game of the year, which was a game against the Packers. <laughs> and uh, that was a Thursday night. That was the opener for the NFL. Uh -huh. And then uh, for baseball, I have them pick a playoff game mm -hmm. because uh, I would pick a Cardinal game, of course, and they would uh, – so they vote on that, and then so we do a playoff game. Mm -hmm. And there's a play-by-play -play and an analyst, and we flip them, and we talk about when to talk and when not to talk so they, they don't talk over each other. We talk a lot about preparation and those types of things. And then we uh, recorded the Bradley game the other night, mm -hmm. uh, the first home game, and so that's their assignment for basketball. So Interesting. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's really challenging, and I enjoy teaching the class. Some classes are better than others. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of them that aren't going to be play-by-play -play people, and there are very few of those, will take the class because they want to go into marketing or some type mm -hmm. of other things. And if they know how we work, mm -hmm. it makes them more well-rounded mm -hmm. that way. So let's go back to when you were at Bradley as a student. Mm -hmm. Did you always want to do play-by-play -play in sports? I mean, did that dream start even before Bradley? Yes. Okay. When my brother and I would play in the backyard basketball, uh -huh. I, would do, <laughs> I would do the play-by-play. -play. Were you an athlete at all? 
I was. Uh, I played baseball okay. uh, for the most part. I did not play basketball. I could not go to my left and could not use my left hand. <laughs> and it was a peak, and basketball teams were pretty good back in those days. So um, I, I, they wanted me to run track because, it, believe it or not, I was fast in those days. <laughs> and, but uh, So I played baseball. Beginning of my sophomore year, I broke a finger playing a pickup basketball game and couldn't throw. Mm -hmm. So I got into forensics in uh, high school, mm -hmm. radio speaking and uh, speaking using voices and that type of thing, and I never got up. So uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I started doing play-by-play -play, uh, at WSIV mm -hmm. with Bruce Sowers, the late Bruce Sowers, wow. uh, the owner of the Rivermen and uh, a big part of it. So Bruce and I, were, he was, I was his broadcast partner back <laughs> then because he was doing the play-by-play, -play, and then they always would have the Peak and Holiday Tournament, and we'd broadcast every game on WSIV. And that gave me plenty of uh, experience, and then just went on from there. Now, did you do speech team at Bradley? I was not allowed to because I was on Channel 19 at the time, and I was a professional. Okay. So I took part, but I could not win, if, okay. if you understand. Gotcha. I, I did the actual event. You were an exhibition. <laughs> I, was a, I, I was an exhibition, yes. And it, it went very well, but uh, it, the points didn't count. But uh -huh. as you know, the Bradley speech team is legendary. They've yeah. won more national championships than, than any sports team, any band, mm -hmm. anything else. So it's, uh, I was grateful to be a part of that. And George Armstrong was the yes. uh, instructor there, and, and he was outstanding. And it's just continued all, all through the, uh, the ages. So... No, in my senior year, I was a sports information director. Now, how did that happen? That's I, amazing to get, land a job, first of all, before you graduate, right. and then uh, right there at your alma mater. Well, I was working at Channel 19 on the weekends. Mm -hmm. I had a full load of classes, and then um, I was in a philosophy of coaching class with Billy Stone, the late Billy Stone, and I got a call to go see uh, Dr. Jim Erickson, who was the assistant to the president at that time. And they were replacing Jim Dynam, the longtime sports information director, and they asked me if I would do it as a student. So I fit that in, shoehorned it into uh, all of the other things. And what it did was it helped pay my tuition. There you go. And, and get through. So then I graduated and then moved on to Phoenix for a year and came back. Did uh, uh, morning sports at Whirl, did play-by-play -play for uh, WTAZ mm -hmm. at that time with Morton and Washington. And the Morton team was so good in 78-79 uh, that I had a lot of tapes. The job opened as Mick Hubert was doing the play-by-play -play for Bradley. And then I applied and got the job there just doing radio and weekend TV. And then eventually they wanted me to do television, mm -hmm. and so I did both. So when I got to Peoria in 1980, mm -hmm. Bradley was on three different radio stations. Yes. That, in its day, I think, was unheard of. That would never happen today with right. sports contracts and so forth. Right. That must have been a wild time to have, you know, it's one thing for radio stations to compete against each other generally, but in this specific niche thing of Bradley, there were you could hear the game on three different radio stations. It's three different play-by-play -play guys, three different analysts. Right, and that Mort was Canner wild. was a good friend of mine, and uh, <laughs> he was a mentor to me. And now I was competing against yeah. Mort, but we never looked at it that way because he was doing his job, I was doing mine, 
And then there was a, another station, and uh, Mort had been there for 22 years. And so uh, I always would listen to him as, as a kid. And then I later became his partner on the road when I was sports information director <laughs> uh, that year. So it, was, it, it, was, it came full circle, but three stations. So it was, it was MBD, XCL, and World, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, different, uh, Scott Miller was doing the play-by-play oh, yeah. -play for uh, WXCL for one year. And then Mort went to WXCL, and somebody went to Whirl, <laughs> and uh, then it, that ended uh, with the exclusivity, which was 8586, mm -hmm. uh, which was uh, a 32 and three year, and a uh, and a championship, and an NCAA appearance, and an NCAA win against UTEP. So uh, it's been a long and winding road, as Paul would say. <laughs> so you kind of. You're one of those folks who kind of started in the radio world. I mean, you did the 19 thing, but was television always kind of an, an extra for you? I've always had that perception that you, I don't want to say you did it begrudgedly, but it was like radio, Bradley, play-by-play, -play, yes. okay, I'll do this television thing too. Painting but pictures. But you were very good at it. I loved, I love radio. I, I, it's the theater of the mind. Uh -huh. You're based in, you, you know what I'm talking uh -huh. about. Television to me was the only thing I really enjoyed in television was putting together Bradley specials. Mm -hmm. So I had some wonderful photographers that would uh, get all of this video and then I would stay till two or three in the morning mm -hmm. and cut out just the shots that I wanted. I wanted kids, I wanted special shots and these photographers were so good I kept all of them, and then I produced a Jim Molinari's TV show uh -huh. where, uh, for example, I would uh, get clips from Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> and, and, and put it in there because when we would play Northern Iowa, we called it Frostbite Falls. <laughs> when they last left on Heroes, Rocky and Bullwinkle, you know, so those types of things. So to use your imagination and, and put uh, things to music, that's the part of television that I liked. The nightly stuff. Where you had th only three minutes. <laughs> and if news ran long, you had less. If it ran short, you had more. Yeah. So you had to be really ready. But the Friday nights with high school football, mm -hmm. uh, which Jim Masson does a terrific job with, and Kurt Pegler. But let me tell you, it took me till 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning to calm down from those Friday nights because they'd be handing me scripts for things that I had not seen yeah, because they were still editing and, yeah. and go on the air because there are no TV timeouts uh, in the sports shows. So uh, you, were, you viewed correctly. It was not really, uh, to me, that was work. Mm -hmm. Radio has never been work mm. for me. I, I love it uh, to this day and still prefer it. Yeah. So I uh, remember one night uh, working at KZ93 and was wandering down the hall where in the old break room in mm -hmm. the WMBD building yeah. was. And uh, you were, it was a TV game, but somehow you, I, all I remember was the game lasted my entire air shift, which would have been five or six hours. Uh, it was uh, like a Cincinnati. multiple, yes, yeah, Cincinnati, and it was 
overtime after overtime, and every time I went down to get a cup of coffee, the game was still on. That, to this day, I think was the craziest game I've ever listened to or watched. I worked at that? Game, oh, yes, I worked that <laughs> game with Chuck Vischer, and we were up in the uh, crow's nest at Robertson Memorial Fieldhouse, and I had a little bit of a sore throat that night, uh -huh. so I was drinking water. Oh, no! <laughs> And about the fifth <laughs> overtime, I was doing the T-Berry shuffle up there <laughs> because I had to go to the restroom so bad. And I finally told Chuck during one of the breaks, because what happened, there was no shot clock then, no three-point shot. They'd get the tip. One team would get the tip, and uh, they would hold for one shot. Yeah, yeah. And they missed the shot. <laughs> So it kept going. It still is an NCAA record, seven it overtimes. Is. And um, a guy by the name of Doug Schlomer hit a jump shot with about uh, 10 seconds to go in the seventh overtime. And then Kerry Cook, who later pitched in the, uh, ball, uh, the Detroit Tiger organization baseball, came down. He was about 6'8", uh, 6'9", six, six, took a shot from the top of the key that went in and out or it would have gone to an eight overtime, <laughs> and uh, I'd have had a bladder burst at that, at that, at that point. There so, was no post-game show that day. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, and the thing is, we were leaving for Chicago the next day, then to go to Hawaii <laughs> for the Rainbow Classic. So, I mean, this was, this was crazy. Uh, and actually, we went up to Loyola and won, and then went out to Hawaii, and then there was a game that, Bradley lost to San Francisco that I think is the only game that I thought was fixed with the <laughs> official. But uh, So that was a crazy couple of days, but you are correct. Man, Seven I will never forget overtimes. that, <laughs> as I don't think you will either. No. Was that the, does that go down in history as the craziest game you've ever called, do you think? Probably uh, <laughs> it would be. Um, the best game now that I've ever called it used to be the Kansas game that mm -hmm. uh, when Bradley won in 2006, but uh, in winning the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament Championship, being behind by 18 and coming back last year to win their first tournament away from Peoria in, in Missouri Valley Conference history, that's probably the, the highlight. But mm -hmm. that, that game was the weirdest. It, there was one other game, though, and it was played at uh, – Bradley played Loyola – and I'm not sure exactly where the game was. It might have been at DePaul, actually. And a guy by the name of Kevin Spruer came down and slammed a dunk and shattered the backboard. And those were the days where they didn't have replacements like they're supposed to now mm -hmm. on site. So we had a 45-minute <laughs> delay. And Ray Meyer was there, and there were some other the scouts there because uh, Bradley had... Uh, players that were NBA and would be NBA players. So Mort and I would, and this was before XCL became involved, we'd just switch interviews. <laughs> I'd have Ray Meyer, Mort would have Ray Meyer, I would have a scout, he would have a scout, and that went on for 45 minutes a delay. Wow. So that was the closest thing, but seven overtimes is, never happens. <laughs> We're talking with Dave Snell, legendary voice of the uh, Bradley Braves for now 41 years. This You're in your 41st, 41st year. season. Yeah. Amazing. So in 2001, you decided to kind of leave while continuing to do the Bradley games. You left the radio TV world as your full-time vocation and went 
to Bradley. Yeah. It's just like this one big circle. Where are the lines, David? Well, uh, Bradley is, is a great place to work, mm. uh, especially now with uh, uh, Dr. Chris Reynolds, yeah. who has changed the culture, the whole culture. How so? Uh, just his leadership style, mm. his hiring of coaches, which has been off the charts, and uh, just his personality is perfect for for leading. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be a university president some someplace. Mm-hmm. He's very bright and uh, very straightforward. Uh, always listens to other people. He's a he's a perfect director. So it's it's great to work there. Television. I had a contract issue uh, there that legally I can't go into because I was told that I couldn't go into it. That's fine. It's but been a long time. It, okay, it, it, don't it, worry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I stood up for what I thought was was right, mm-hmm. and um, I I had had my day in television. Mm-hmm. I, I really had, mm-hmm. and uh, and this gave me. Uh, at first, I was a fundraiser, so I had a chance to go all over the country and meet. Mm-hmm. Bradley alums and and stories and uh, uh, it's just been in fact I I hooked up with the one in Philadelphia last week his name is Ed Kamigan he's a federal prosecutor um, for Oklahoma City Mm. and he was involved with the Timothy McVeigh case and uh, was giving me some stories and insight to that and uh, and all the things that uh, different people in New York and on the West Coast. I met with Chick Hearn's widow. Mm. She gave me a bobblehead doll of Chick, nice. who, in my opinion, is the greatest broadcaster of basketball of all time, just like Vince Scully with the Dodgers. So it's given me an opportunity to meet alums all over the place. Mm-hmm. And now they know that I do basketball, so um, they <laughs> check back in. <laughs> and then I was uh, hired in the athletic department uh, to be a fundraiser, and then uh, matriculated back to sports information mm-hmm. in that office and working for Bobby Parker. And so what do you do? What What does uh, that job entail every day? Well, there's a number of things. First of all, I do a lot of emceeing and, and those types of things mm-hmm. for the university. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, we have uh, a Meet the Brave segment that we do on the seniors and uh, previewing other events, and this is video mm-hmm. that I produce. You so, get to take your time and do it too, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> uh, because of social much, media. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty much under the gun on on that, and uh, so uh, it's. Uh, but it, in dealing with the student athletes, they're so bright. Mm. Uh, three point four across the board was a grade point average. Uh, three of the last four years, they've won the Missouri Valley Conference trophy for athletics and academics, and. Uh, I mean, we're talking about leaders of the future mm-hmm. uh, with uh, these student athletes. And so that keeps me young I bet. and talking with them and learning new things. And I tell them the stories every once in a while, but I learn more from them than they ever could learn from me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been wonderful. So I saw a piece on you the other day where you were calling a Bradley baseball game mm-hmm. with a student. Mm-hmm. And... Out of your mouth came these words, baseball is my favorite sport. No question. I was shocked. I mean, I think like most people, 
they would assume it's basketball because of all the years of play-by-play. But baseball's really your favorite sport. August of 1963, my dad took me to Bush Stadium, old Bush Stadium, Bush Stadium 1. And I was so blown away. In the game, the Cardinals played the Giants. Stan Musial was in left field. Uh, Willie Mays was in center field. Willie McCovey was at first base. Juan Marichal pitched the game. Goodness. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, this was like... Nirvana for me, <laughs> and so I would always listen to Harry under yeah. uh, under the pillow at night on the West Coast, and uh, Harry actually helped me with my career later on, and so I've always been a, a St. Louis Cardinal fan, and uh, because of Harry Carey working the games for 27 years, and I go to somewhere around 15 to 20 games a year down at Bush Stadium, and uh, know John Rooney well mm-hmm. because he's uh, the, the, one of the voices of Cardinals and does Missouri Valley Conference games on television. So when we get together, we talk baseball. And so I've always loved baseball. I wish I would have had the opportunity to do it on a, on a bigger level, but at the time I would have had to have done that. I would have had to go out to Billings, Montana, Spokane, Washington, mm-hmm. and I was in television, and I would have had to start all over again making no money, and I, I really couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So now I get to do the games with the, uh, with the students, and uh, it, it, that is a joy to watch them develop as well and give me a chance to do uh, Bradley baseball, which mm. is a lot of fun. Mm. So why have you stayed in Peoria? I, certainly I've got to believe over the years you have entertained uh, offers to go to bigger markets, bigger places, bigger teams, but you've stayed right here. What's been the motivation? Well, uh, I, there, I have been involved with other jobs. Uh-huh. And I thought that I was going to the Portland Trailblazers, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was because of working in Phoenix with Al McCoy, who's mm-hmm. still working there in his 80s. And Al is a graduate of Drake, so we had a lot of Missouri mm-hmm. Valley Conference things in, co- in common. And he recommended me for the job in Portland. So they called, and uh, they wanted me to come out. But I was down to two finalists, and they wanted some with NBA experience as opposed uh-huh. to college. And at that point, I said, you know what? Don't worry about things you can't control. Mm -hmm. Do the best you can. And I know all these people have gone on to work all of these different things, but I'll never forget something Gene Robinson told me. He said, there's nothing wrong with staying in your community and giving all you can to where you grew up and to do that. So I don't look at it as something that I missed because when you go to those places, I talked to Wayne R. Miller about this just the other day because we were coming up at the same time and that was when radio was really hot, the mm-hmm. top 40 radio, mm-hmm. and you went from Peoria to Chicago and then mm-hmm. some other place, or a medium market, something, and then go to WLS and, and work there. Uh, to me, um, I just always enjoyed doing Bradley basketball, first of all. But when you leave, you go to a market where you are, let's say, uh, if you're a disc jockey or a host, you are, you have the books, you have the lifestyle, you have the traffic, you have the cost of living. Mm-hmm. All of those things jump when you go to a bigger market. Yeah, And so uh, I, I like... Uh, I think uh, when we have road construction on Knoxville, it's rough. <laughs> then I drive to Chicago and get in rush hour traffic, and I said, I could not do this. 
So be happy. I, I'm a very religious person. I believe that this is what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And if I was supposed to do something else, that would have worked out. Mm -hmm. So be happy where you are. Do the best you can. And uh, there's something about the Midwest that broadcasters go other places because Midwest, good, good lifestyle, no particular accents, mm -hmm. those types of things, mm -hmm. people from the Midwest. So uh, I'm glad that I'm here. And now as I uh, am in the uh, top of the stretch of my life, <laughs> uh, I, ha I wouldn't trade it for anything. That, ladies and gentlemen, is wisdom. <laughs> I won't say it's because of your age, but it's wisdom. Well, <laughs> I, there are some things that I got right. There are many that I didn't, but uh, some things I did. And on that uh, note, we will wrap up today another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay, which you can watch on Peoria Life's uh, web portal, Facebook, YouTube, and Peoria TV channel 17, the i3 broadband system. The voice of the Bradley Braves and well-known around Peoria, of course, for years. In his 41st season, Dave Snell, our guest today. Thank you, Dave. Thanks Thank for you. watching. And we'll see you next Tuesday on another edition of Airplay. PeoriaLife.com.